so far obviously my tongue is firmly in my cheek when i say that but you're helping me keep the lights on over here so trust me when i say i appreciate you but i can't message your egos forever so let's start the show in the studio today i have not one but two friends and teammates sitting across from me one is the most american american you could ever wish or not wish to meet and the other he's made more appearances for the rsl foundation than the rest of the 30-man squad combined that's my stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Eric, a.k.a. The Killer, Halt, and Tate, a.k.a. Timmy Schmidt. Yes, sir. T-Money. Yeah, what's up, my rookies? How you doing? Incredible. How are you? Another day on Earth. Uh, but just so everyone knows, they're going to throw so many cliched sayings at you throughout <laughs> this whole thing. It's going to be silly. And I've heard this Behave. all year, so now I need to put them mm. on record mm. so that you know how repetitive they can be we just want to thank you for having us oh Absolutely. yeah this did not cost one did you bring gifts did you bring gifts no because it cost nothing, nothing. oh because it was free, free. Is that the thing? free. <laughs> right okay did you did you bring gifts or anything for me costco water ah yeah yeah plug costco thank you costco for the you water. Have costco back in europe yes of course we do really? we're not primitive like we're fine don't, don't worry about that Never but anyway happened. so you guys were late anyway we won't talk about that too much but that's the thing you were late but <laughs> what was the reason for you being like where were you um, I'll actually apologize on behalf of Lauren. She told me to tell you that the game this weekend is more important and that I need to be doing my stretches. So I apologize for being late, but Lauren did want me to tell you that. Game this weekend. What game is this then? This is the Western Conference Finals of the USL between the Real Monarchs and the El Paso Locomotive. Ah, okay. So for anybody listening before November 9th, this game is going on. And where is it being played? Zion's Bank and Harriman. Utah. Okay, could you stand? Could you get a bit closer to the mic, please? It's not going to hurt you. Harriman, uh, population seven. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it's a big game. It's a big game, and like I say, before we go any further, I need to make sure that people know that it's happening. So, as I say, if you listen to the podcast before one p.m. on Saturday, November 9th, please try and either get to the stadium, watch it on ESPN Plus, or is it ESPN proper? I think ESPN Plus. I think e- the finals will be on ESPN Two or or regular. ESPN Minus. And also KYU TV, I think. KMYU, my bad. And also, it's not just this game doesn't just exist within America. If you are in Europe, I've seen this because I do this myself. If you follow, I think, the USL um, YouTube page, you can actually stream it on there when it's mm-hmm. happening. For sure. So people make sure that you, you uh, check out for that because it's going to be a, it's a big occasion. It's a big game, and I'm pretty sure my boy's going to do it. Absolutely. But anyway, enough of that. No more plugging now unless you're going to pay me. <laughs> you guys. This has been quite a year, yeah? Mm-hmm. But I want to know about where it started. So go back exactly one year from this point and tell me where exactly were you, how was, what was going on for you in your careers? Um, so one year from today, I think we were starting uh, ACC play, a uh, conference tournament when I was at college at the University of Louisville. Okay. And I was at the point where I still didn't know yet what my plans were for next year. Is and you didn't know what you wanted to do. I didn't know what was going to be offered to you. I didn't know what was going to be offered to me. Okay. And how about you, Eric? Don't be shy. Yeah, pretty much same boat as Tate. Um, we were finishing our season as well. Um, based off the whole homegrown status of us, uh, we didn't really, at least me personally, I didn't know the rules going into the you know the next year and whether or not RSL kind of owned us. We're not based off <laughs> our academy uh, stint with them. Okay. So, yeah, that's it. Really, just kind of training, preparing for our own playoffs back in college. That's so. So realistically, you didn't know at all what was going to come. I pr- no, I had no idea. So no one would ever tell you there was nothing like that. Like, did you have successful seasons for your teams or not? Who had the best season? Yeah, we won the ACC tournament. Uh, which, so had, so which is not bad then. Yeah. Which is yeah, it's not, not bad. bad. So well, what were you doing, Eric? Were you just watching that tournament? No, uh, I was watching Corey's team win the Pac-12 tournament. So was, that wasn't last year, though, was it? Stanford, yeah. Ah, uh, Corey's, right. team, Corey's yeah. team, like yeah. Corey's team, Stanford, Corey's yeah. school, mm-hmm. even though he'd left. Okay. Yeah, right. I'm with you. Okay, so that's interesting. And then today you find yourself here. So obviously there's been a bit of change. So how do you feel in this situation that you're in right now compared to where you were a year ago? Ooh, from the beginning of the year? Looking not at beginning the, of the year, yeah, from yeah, literally yeah. a year ago. Not from the start of this calendar year, mm-hmm. like from a year ago mm-hmm. to today. I would say a lot more confident in the position. 
Um, you know, you look at last year and where we were at, like going into the tournament, I was kind of like in a way nervous, mm -hmm. you know, not knowing what was next for me, you know, some of the results of, let's say the games, it could fall different ways. I didn't know if that would potentially, you know, swayed one way of the coaches or the organization of wanting to sign me or not. So that was kind of a little nerve wracking, but now going into this year and like, you know, now having the opportunity to play with the Monarchs and playoffs, uh, I feel like a lot more confident, you know, going into this game and the next two games, if, if we win this one mm -hmm. and just feel like. You know, it's in a way like a preseason right now for us. Yeah. Like, because like going into the off season, like we're getting ready for next year. So. Yeah, here we go. The cliches begin. Yeah. How about you, Ari? Uh, just extremely fortunate, honestly, and grateful. Well, well, pull up, 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 pull up. Right, boys. I invited you in here to be honest and serious. I am not a member of the press. Okay. Right. So relax your shoulders. And speak, no, I'm serious. And speak your mind. No, because at UCLA, I'm like like Tate and even Corey, you know, at Stanford, um, UCLA was never in a position to win anything. Okay. And for the first time in, in over four years for me, uh, we're in the Western Conference Finals Saturday, and, like, we have an opportunity to win a trophy for the club. And for me, like, that means more than anything to me to actually be in a position to win. Okay. So when you both um, signed up for college or whatever, was the aim to turn professional after it, or was it just to just participate and get an, an education and play sport as well? Um, for me, it was for sure good education, but then also, you know, follow that career path of, you know, playing professional soccer. But I would say going in, I still didn't know yet if I was then, you know, able to make that jump to the pros. And about you? Um, yeah, number one is education. Um, none of my family has ever been to college before. So you, you were the first, yeah? Yeah. And, uh, for my family, it was, you're going to go to college and you're going to get your education. And, um, same thing. I just was trying to take one day at a time and see where one, one year, two years, three years, four years kind of took me you know it's so interesting because it's such a different story to how it is outside of here like it's great that you go to college and you gain your education but most people that are here who went through college and then turned professional here the i call it soccer but that side of it was never like the main thing whereas back in england say when i was coming through you, you turn you come in full-time at 16 and you do have elements of education there but i myself and a few others we had to force the issue to go to a college whilst we were training, because the general thing to do would be to be taught a few things and get like a very basic qualification with a focus solely being on learning your craft. And you know, at that point you didn't know if you're gonna make it or not, but the focus was always soccer from 16, the moment you were in 16, that was it, soccer, 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 even though you had to be in education for another three years, I think. Mm -hmm. So then to hear you guys, as I say, have the educational side of it and to even not have I suppose the thing is, if you, it's obviously different for people who come through an academy, but the model that you guys go through, it seems like there are a lot more people doing that than, say, academies per se at this moment. Um, I think it's it's in a transition phase right now. Um, for example, like for you guys back in Europe or England, or uh, the academies and the professional teams are there, and everything's very well established. Yeah, that's true. Whereas here, um, at least when we were going through the academy, it was kind of through its infancy. Mm -hmm. um, I think... We were in Casa Grande, Arizona, and I don't know how many years that whole program was going on. Maybe six years. Yeah, and I think we're the first residence uh, academy. Yeah, and um, yeah, so like you have all these transitions kind of going through uh, throughout the country now, and it's becoming a lot more well established. So now you're having younger guys, kind of 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, coming mm -hmm. straight from the academy and signing now, um, and holding off college instead. So I think as the years are kind of progressing. As long as, uh, as well with the academy, it's um, people are going pro now. Earlier, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's good that people are getting the opportunity, but it's also wild for me to see what age people are actually starting their careers from. You know, when Corey was on here, I compared him to people who were the same age as him, and they've played hundreds more games than he has. Obviously, they may not necessarily have the educational element that he has, but the aim when he was in college was still to turn professional. So the thing that's going to potentially help him out more when he retires at this moment in time, this may be a bit of a controversial take, will be about how his career goes and the earnings that he has, which will dictate where he wants to work or whether he doesn't want to work when he's done. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the value of education is always there. Mm -hmm. But extra years on your career could really be such a, a big difference. But, you know, um, I didn't plan on talking about that. I'm not going to start a war now because, like as I say, when I was coming through, I went to college. It was a different type of college to, let's say, your college. But for my whole career, from when I was young, even from when I was in that academy academy, I wasn't allowed to play with my team unless I was doing well in school. And I was from 10 years of age. 
So it didn't matter how good I was. If I didn't do this homework, if I didn't get a good score in this, that or whatever, I'll tell you for a fact I wasn't playing. Mm -hmm. I was one of the best players for my youth team all the way through. But the whole educational side came first. Like I was playing humble brag. I was able to play in the Premier League at 17, 18. But I was in college. Mm. I was like, I'd finished doing this. And then on the Wednesday, on the Thursday, I'm going to go off and do my maths and do my business studies and all this stuff. Whereas everyone else is just rolling in money. I was like, mm. well, you know, I've got things I need to do. I can't be late for class because I'll, I'll get a warning letter back to my house. <laughs> and that's, that's the last <laughs> thing I needed. But anyway, let's move on to say, so you two both got signed. And I think I saw both of you before the season actually started. I didn't really know much about you at the time. So I was getting information from people and I was hearing you know, the whole academy thing and so on. So the season begins compared to where you are now what were your expectations versus the reality of it all if you can answer that um i think like starting out and especially looking at like guys like Corey and the things that he did the year before you know i kind of had those expectations it's like oh i want to follow in his footsteps mm -hmm. i want to be playing in games coming off the bench mm -hmm. you know, making an impact in those you know early games or when those opportunities for the international guys would leave so I kind of felt that I had a bigger role to play uh, coming in. But then as just the year goes on and you just experience your first 10-month season yeah. you know, compared to college where we're coming off of only a four-month season yeah. and just like how much longer it is and how your body just you know feels a full, let's say, five months when you're in the summer mm -hmm. and then you have your friends back home going on summer yeah. break and then you're still working. Uh. So I think that was really tough. But... For sure, really confident going in, you know, hoping to play. But then you kind of have to learn that it's, you know, your first year and there's a, there's a role to play in that. Mm -hmm. And, to, you know, to try to get better as much as you can in that. Uh, for me, I was just really excited for a new challenge. Um, like I said, in college, I didn't have the most in terms of a team aspect. Uh, not a very successful time there. Um, we weren't in positions to win. And for me, I was just excited to become, you know, become a professional, be in a better environment. Um, also, you say to become a professional, you mean to get paid? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. fair enough. It's all about um, money, yeah? No, uh, just to be in a better environment, to be honest with you. Uh, hope, I was hoping for, you know, the most competitive environment possible, uh, both on and off the field. Um, so, yeah, I just was excited for the, for the challenge. Do you think you found a more competitive environment? Like yes, what, what's, what's Okay, so to start off with, the differences between playing at college level and playing at this level. Even if, if you disregard the fact the seasons are of different lengths, just the seasons themselves, like from training through to playing to just general life, like what what would you say the diff biggest differences are? Well, for me at least, it was the the quality, a hundred percent. You know, it's night and day compared to college. College is not even comparable to the level we're playing at here. Um, yeah, the training every day in college. There's NCAA rules where you're only mandated X amount of hours per week to train. Really, and, is that so? And they have certain days that you're mandated to be off because you know you're you're in school all these other factors so um there's a lot of boundaries with that okay same for you you what think it's the same it's just about the differences between say college and being in the pro ranks oh yeah for sure i think the biggest is the the, the free time you have on your hands after training yeah uh, like you know you go from having training and then going straight to let's say you know math and then you have another class and then you have let's say like a sack meeting or just different things but there's so much time that you like, you know, don't have or you now have as a pro outside of it. And I think, you know, trying to be able to find out what's best for you and keep your mind off the game, but also that's good for your body and resting for the next day. Listen, going forward, if anyone wants any politically correct answers, then these are the two guys to come and give it for you. Okay. All College right. educated. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's taught the same thing. Yeah? A load of nonsense. Yeah. Good for you. That's really good for you. I want to talk this now about say highs and lows in the league and things like this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring myself into this now to think back to when I was first breaking through. Obviously, we're at different ages, but the feelings were kind of the same. Like, this year, did you ever really feel nerves at any point? Yeah. And, yeah. When, and when would you say they were? Have they gone now, or are they yeah, still there? Yeah, no, I would say they're gone, but I would say the first game when we found out we were starting against LAFC. It's just I a was, small team, small team in this yeah, league. Yeah, small team, right. Jesus but Christ. I remember I was... <laughs> <laughs> I was shit my pants the first game to be honest. I remember walking out, and this was like forty-five minutes before the game even starts, before warm-ups and everything. And there's already like three thousand people on that south end yeah. or that north end of mm. their stadium, and I'm just like, this is a different level. Yeah. This is something I've never experienced. And what what exactly were you even nervous about? Um, I don't know. I just wanted to just do my best, you know, make sure 
you know, develop my chances and keep the ball. There we go. There's that please uh, the correct answer again. <laughs> Eric, how about you? Uh, to be honest, it was just, you know, being with a new team. Yeah. It was not, it was more about not disappointing the team. Mm. And that's, that was my biggest, like what made me nervous. I didn't want to disappoint the team. I wanted, I wanted to win and probably no one expected us to go there and the game to be even close, but then Zimmerman hit a yeah. 40 yard bomb. No, it got deflected, got deflected. Yeah. Let's not talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. But let's not talk about that. But I thought you two actually played really well in that game. And it's good to, to hear of that moment where people do feel nervous because the stage that I'm at now, I don't get nervous for anything really. The only time I feel anything or that felt anything whilst I've been here was when I first came into the team or just into the club in general. And you don't know anybody, but you know that in this moment now you're laying the foundations for relationships, which you intend to have for the year, two years, three years or whatever it's going to be that you're in this, this environment and to just know the way this game works, like trust can take so long to come, whether that's on the field or off the field, but it can go in an instant. Mm -hmm. So even though I know what I stood for, trying to get 30 other players, 20 other members of staff to buy into that. That's the only time I feel like I, f I felt something because like I really wanted to be here. Mm -hmm. But to go back to when I, when I was younger, um, <laughs> I remember we were going to play uh, Arsenal at Highbury. And this is when Arsenal were like primetime Arsenal, not this current Arsenal, whereas they're a bit so-so. This was primetime Arsenal. And we got told in a meeting um, just before we left for the stadium that I was, gonna, I was starting and I was starting to write back. And I remember getting on the bus and I was just dripping in sweat. This is the middle of winter. I was dripping in sweat on the 20 minute journey there thinking, oh my God, why am I playing at Highbury right now? Like on that side, um, this Arsenal team, see, so it had Cesc Fabregas playing midfield with Patrick Vieira. Up front was Dennis Bergkamp with Thierry Henry. It had Robert Perez on the left wing. I think it had Freddie Jungberg on the right wing. Ashley Cole playing the left back. Um, Sol Campbell, someone else playing centre-back. So, like I say, it's prime-time Arsenal. And I was thinking to myself, like, I was in college, like, two days earlier mm. doing some homework or whatever. Like, why why am I in this space? How am I going to cope in this space? Mm. But one thing I've discovered over time is the moment the game starts, mm. everything is dispelled. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because that's what you do. And the best games you guys will ever play will be games where you're not thinking about it. You're just you're automatic, you know what I mean? And the worst ones will come when you overthink things. And I think that's why we can get nervous because of the time leading into into games and all that stuff. So yeah, that was yeah, that was a thing for me. How about you two? What were your favorite moments so far in this year? It could doesn't have to be in a game, doesn't it? You can be anything at all. I'd have to say just recently, uh playing the last five games with uh the Monarchs and being four oh and one and then getting that home spot and then knocking off Phoenix in the playoffs. That's my highlight for sure. Okay. Yeah, Team-wise as well, like Phoenix, you know, they're the probably equivalent to... You beat the them all the time now. You beat them twice already, yeah. didn't you? Well, like, considering, like, their season, they're probably like the yeah. LAFC of the USL, <laughs> having the best record. I forgot how many games they it's have. It's like a 21-game yeah, history. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah. Also, I forgot to say, the difference for me between coming from an academy and playing in the, in the first team was throughout an academy, you play with people that you're your own age, and the games do matter, but they don't matter in the grand scheme of things. And when you're not getting paid or when you're getting paid a little amount and everyone's getting paid the same, the energy is different. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden you step into a world where it's a man's game and people are playing the game to pay bills. They're feeding their families. They're doing this, they're doing that. So if you don't come in with that same energy, like you get, you get spat out so quickly. And I had to become a man at 17, 18 years of age, which was, <laughs> yeah, well, we did all right. We did all right. But it's just, that whole feeling there of entering that world is is crazy. Like I couldn't, in the same way now I can't talk to a 17-year-old about their life. When I was 17, I couldn't talk to the locker room about my life because back then it was more about older players. The average age might have been 29, 30 years of age. So I was the odd one out. And <laughs> here I am again, still the odd one out. But, you know, such is life. So enough of this year that's just been. Let's talk about the year that's to come, Okay. I keep, I'm going to do doing this thing where I'm pointing at you and saying, you say something, you say something, but literally jump in whenever you want to mm -hmm. jump in about it. Like anyone answer any question. So being in this position that you're in now, the way that I see it is that you two guys are first team players. Obviously you're playing for, I'm going to say in English, the monarchs, not the monarchs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Obviously you're playing for the monarchs and you're three games away from achieving the ultimate goal within. So two games. So two games. I thought you said it was home and away in the final. No. Oh, sorry, I thought that's when you said, okay, so two games. Yeah. Two games away from achieving that. But as I say, you're first-team players. I see you as first-team players. 
So in a year from now, where do you want to find yourself? Do you want to find yourself in a similar situation where you're going to achieve something with the other team? Or would you rather be sort of with the first team? For me, clearly to be with the first team. Um, but I take one day at a time. Um, for me, it's just it's about challenging myself both physically and mentally every day and putting myself honestly in the best position, um, whether it's with the Monarchs or the first team. And that's just me. I'm, I'm just being real. It's, and It's just about getting games, essentially, and just having a career. Yeah, and winning. And yeah. for me, that means the most to me. And if I know at the end of the day that I've given everything, um, whether it's with the Monarchs or the first team, then I can go to sleep at night knowing I've, I've given everything. Yeah, that's another one ticks off the cliche list. Anyone else? Mm -hmm. So you'll go now. Um, <laughs> I would have to say, like, you can you can be you can be honest. Wait, yeah, like, you before, know what I mean. Before, before it even gets into it, I say that because, like, for me, honestly, um, like at a young age, like it wasn't in, it wasn't uh, a thing. It wasn't even imagined for for someone like me to go pro. Yeah. It, it just wasn't there. My my With my parents and everything, it was just, hey, we're going to get you in the best spot to try to get to school. You're going to pay for that yourself, and you're going to get a job, and that's it. Yeah. Um, sports was not – my dad had no idea about soccer, what it even was. He played football and and baseball. Okay. So my dad's training me by myself. He's learning as I'm learning as I'm a kid. And uh, I'm just kind of getting thrown out there. And for me, it was always, like, just kind of, like, working as hard as you can. And – um yeah, just doing what you can. Yeah, I see that. I'd have to agree on what Holt was saying, too. My dad was a professional racquetball player, okay. so there was really no soccer in the family. And then, you know, I kind of just followed in my uh, brother's, you know, shoes, and my mom even said, make sure you get your college degree because it's not realistic that that, you know, 1% will go pro. So, I, you know, got that. And then after finally making all the way to the top, I just want to, you know, keep at it. You know, that next goal is, you know, win the USL Cup and then the MLS Cup. So it's just... Okay. So as as individuals, do you not think there's going to be a point where you have to essentially reevaluate your goals? Because say this year, you've, would have the two of you played more games for the Monarchs than you have for the first team? Yeah. yeah. So according to what you're saying, you're essentially believing that as long as you're getting games at whatever level, then you're achieving what your goals are. So for the next year, is there not going to be a point where you say, well, I actually want to just play as many games as I can for a first team. I want to play as many games as I can in the MLS. I want mm. to score as many goals as I can in the MLS. I want to be the standout player for a team in the MLS. You know, these are goals which, you know, there could be lots of steps to get there, but I feel like the people who are driven the most by those goals are the ones who make decisions which will always lead them towards that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very easy sometimes, especially over here, given how many people exist within a roster, to just fall into a position where you exist and you don't actually play. But then very quickly, a career can disappear. And look back, someone could have played 400 games and someone could have played 100. You're both in the same teams. Like, where do you want to, where do you really want to sit with that? What are your actual, when when would you really reevaluate what you want from your career? I think it's just how you're able to impact a team each year, though. I mean, you know, you go into it, like this year, I kind of knew, first year, probably won't be playing as much as I want to. They even told me that. You know, most of the games you'll be getting is with the Monarchs. So, you know, my mentality is, you know, be ready for those games with the Monarchs, but then in training is work as hard as I can and try to show the coaches that, you know, I want to be on the first team. I want to be playing in those games. And, you know, that kind of just led my motivation to keep going. And now with this, you know, opportunity with the Monarchs, this, this playoffs, it's we can win a championship now. Okay. What you say? Yeah, like I think my my goals are always going to change every, at the end of the year. I'm going to reevaluate after this season and – I think for both of us, it's clear like we want to be starting for you know our first team. Mm -hmm. um, but as we sit here right now, like we're super happy and like we can't wait to play this weekend and just win right now because that's right in front of us. Yeah, um, and that's what we can control. Yeah, and yeah. you both heard of the concept of kaizen before, haven't you? Mm -hmm. Like for my years playing, which has ended up being a lot of years now, you do have to reevaluate your goals every year. Look at and celebrate what you've achieved within a year but that's never going to be enough the next year. Because if you stick to where you are and believe in what you believe in for that one time, forever, like, people will just move on. Unfortunately, the way that we are within this game, we're all replaceable. There's so many people that would love to do what we do. So anyone that's seen to be stagnant in a, in a game which is constantly evolving will just fall behind. Like, try and aim to play as many MLS games as you can. Just try and aim to be the best player in the MLS. And the way that you get there, you know, if you play 10 games this year, make 10 games the minimum next year 
You know, don't just say, oh, another 10 games this year would be great if I was like a squad this or squad that, because the two of you combined, two of you have got enough potential to start within the team, which I've been lucky enough to play in this year. There's nothing stopping you, except for being selected, obviously. But how do you get selected? And if you don't get selected long term, but why is that? Is it something that's to do with you or something to do with the club? Like think, think team, but then also think about your career. Because in the end, like you can trust, you can, you can trust the club. This is a good club to play for. But at any point, you could be replaced. Even the greatest players that have ever played for clubs have been replaced. So just always think about what can I achieve? What can I achieve? What can I achieve? How can I get there? How can I get there? And just create plans. But you know, this is me ranting now. Of all the of all the time you spent here. And you've, you've seen good players. I'm sure you've both seen good players because I've seen good players here as well. What do you think makes them better than others? I know what I think, but what do you think? In our team and in other teams? Because I think it's, say for example, I think it's more than talent. I'll tell you what I think it is, but what do you reckon? I would say confidence. Okay. Um, Self, know. like brought in by themselves or yeah. given to them by others? It can be both. I mean, a lot of players that are the best, you know, get it from other people, you know, their agents or family. But then, you know, you also have that self-confidence that when you're in a moment in a game that, you know, you have to take those chances and there's that high risk, you know, high failure. And to be able to go into a game, I would say, and be one of those, you know, top players that has that confidence and to be able to do that and not have fear, I think that's one of the biggest, you know, determinations of being that player. Hmm. So can you name players who are like that? Um... Like in the world or in our team? Whatever you want to say. Uh, I'd say Messi. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually, just, no, you can't say Messi because he's like the top two in the history okay. of the game. Uh-huh. Like there are probably a million other people below that who you could know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say right now Christian Pulisic. Yeah. You know, just, you know, him at that at that, at that stage right now and the things that he's doing and, and, you know, taking advantage of those opportunities and being confident of himself. And, you know, now he's actually like implemented himself in that starting role. But you're right. Um, I think it's, I think most of it's all like to do with like your mentality, mm-hmm. how you handle yourself, uh, especially obviously on the pitch. Um, cause there's like a certain arrogance almost about them, not in a bad way yeah. or a negative way. Um, but they just know like whenever they have the ball or whenever they're in a, making a big impact on the game that they know, like they're going to make something happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's a big tackle, you know, just one moment with the, to score a goal, um, that's what I think the difference is. So I, I agree with both of the things you've said, but I think there's there's a little bit more to it because, say, so you mentioned like the top percentile type people, but there are good players who don't get the same coverage as those guys and people who make a difference for the teams who are, say you don't get that same coverage. And I think that comes through consistency. So there's some people who I've played with who can be a 9 out of 10 one week and a 4 out of 10 the next. Like it's great that they could be the 9, but what use is that if they're going to be like realistically you don't play your best game every week so what's the point in being a nine one week but then being a four for the three weeks that come after that in the end this is a bit of a hot take but for me that's not a good player that's not a good teammate because they'll cost you more than they'll give you and you need everyone to be on side and in, in like knowing it and i think the consistency comes from understanding the game understanding your teammates and really understanding what makes the biggest difference and all the people who in this world are good players in our industry they understand the game whether it's you know you can have talent you can have the best shot ever from 40 yards out but you come up against someone who knows that you can't just don't let them get to 40 yards out but no one really noticed that from the sideline but the people on the field know it like that's when you really start to feel and understand it and for you guys you'll see as time progresses you work smarter not necessarily harder and as i say that's through understanding what makes the biggest differences and all those players they're 70% of every team is full of unsung heroes who know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. They're the ones who stick around. They last for years and years. They won't necessarily have a highlight reel, but I guarantee you won't be able to play a game without them. You know what I mean? Do you get where I'm coming from, Tate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're the ones who, for me, you need to, you look out for. You can watch Messi, that's great. But how does Messi work? Messi works well because of the people who are behind him doing the jobs who essentially, you know, aren't his strengths, but they can amplify it what they, they limit his weaknesses and amplify his strengths. Messi coming to our team will do well. Messi and the Barcelona team does great because of the fact that they fully understand exactly how to get the most out of him. Mm-hmm. Whereas say, some of us maybe wouldn't be doing that because I'd be firing balls into his throat. And I don't know if that's necessarily what he's known for. So but, do you think <coughs> that's the biggest difference from like the Premier League to like an MLS? Um, I think the MLS has lots of really, really good players in it. 
and some players who have the potential to be great. But I don't think overall people held to the same standard because back home the fear is that you you can always be replaced at some point. So if you're not cutting, pulling your weight in training, if you're not pulling your weight in games, like you'll be gone within seconds. I've seen players get signed in July and be sold in, in August because they're not going to be doing the right things for the team. But at times over here, it feels like people can do what they want and not face any real um, consequences. And that breeds an environment where other people, like as a footballer, I always say this, I said this to my friend uh, Paul Roberts, who used to be a player liaison at QPR. Every time that you allow someone to go to a certain place which they shouldn't be allowed to go to, other people look at it and it can react in two ways. They can say, I will never be this. Or they'll say, well, if he's being that, well, I want to be that too. I can be that. And as soon as you create that gap, you can never bring it back. Never. Without completely gutting a team. Yeah. And and for me, like my... Nothing to take away from RSL, but from what I've seen is like, or even other MLS clubs, I, I see there's a huge culture shift from a Premier League side. When you're watching a game, it's so entertaining. Mm -hmm. It's enjoyable to watch. And I'm not sure if it's because of the better quality, which mm -hmm. I, I do believe they have better quality, but it's um, the passion that they have compared to a game over here. Mm. And I feel like that is tied into the culture yeah. and to the leadership there. Yeah. When you when you step out on the field in England, like for probably 90% of the teams that you could possibly play for, you're not just playing for your team, you're playing for the area. And these people have, they, like Manchester City or United versus Liverpool is a big game because of the two clubs, but it's the big game because of the two cities. People from the cities don't like each other. There's a history that goes back hundreds of years and so on. And you represent that. So if you go out there and you're not trying, any player that doesn't try in England will be removed from the team within seconds. doesn't matter how good or great you are. Like I've seen celebrations for tackles as big as celebrations for goals. And it's because they feel like you represent them. They're in the shirt. They're in the shirt that you have. And if you don't buy into that, then as I say, you're gone. Because yeah. ultimately you'll be judged by them. And if you're not pulling your weight, as I say, you'll be on your way. And I think not to backtrack, but I think take it probably attest to this as well like that's how almost i felt for college yeah and we have like at least personally in like in la ucla um you felt like a deep connection to the school mm -hmm. uh because it's been there for hundreds of years and it's been incredible it was an incredible like feeling to put the jersey on and, and play right there because mm -hmm. exactly like you said you're playing for the area and i think some clubs here in the u like at least in mls it's it's growing mm -hmm. to be like that but it's not completely there yeah don't get me wrong there are there are downsides to that as well to the point where people fans can be fighting and so on and they yeah. can take hate to a certain level but there's certain things which will always mean that you play up to a certain standard or at least put maximum effort in because people can't always have a great game but if you're not trying they it's it's what it's hard out it's hard for you out there but anyway, we've been we've been serious for for some time now i wanted to talk about like your future goals and this that and the other but i'll just get cliched answers so i'll just google i'll just google football as cliched answers and yeah, you know we'll edit it into this bit here so two we'll, we'll have some fun that's some fun first thing so this podcast this is episode 12 i believe um and it's been great we've had some terrific guests i'm trying to go out into different sports and I've been trying to get people from Utah Jazz and you know it's difficult because you need connections um so I was wondering if I knew anybody who was in my locker room who may have gone to college with anyone in with the Jazz and it just so turned out that someone went to college with Donovan Mitchell I'm sure lots of guys know who Donovan Mitchell is you know he's a big star mm -hmm. I thought you know maybe he'd be a good guest to have on the um on the show and so, you know, I, I went to the guy and the guy's like, oh no, he's just a big star now. I don't want to contact him. Oh my God, oh, I couldn't possibly do this. Do you know anyone like that, Tate? Yeah, probably me. Oh, you. Yeah. And why is this? Do you not want to give the people what they want? I mean, I do. I would love for him to come on the show, but so he's just... He's just what? He's a busy man. Yeah. and I, He's a busy man. Yeah. Like, I even text him at times. I'm like, yo, Donovan, can I get, you know, some tickets to the game? See, but that's begging. That's not a friendship. That's begging. Like, be bigger than that. Yeah. Be bigger than that. Like, this is your, this is your friend. Mm -hmm. Give the people what they want and make it happen. And if it happens, I'll All give right. you every bit of credit. All right. And if it doesn't happen, you can hear it here first. Right. I fell out with Tate Schmidt <laughs> on this day. Okay, I'm going to make it happen then. Yeah, make it happen, yeah. Because, you know... The way the world works, you know, it's great to, to to like have qualifications and this, that, and the other. But essentially, you live and die on your contacts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know, to be sitting across from someone who knows him, 
Yeah, just everyone, just please, just get in contact with him and make sure he comes on. I said when the season starts, when I go to oh, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. I'm not here for excuses. I'm here for just like action results. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, let's keep let's keep having some fun. So the two of you have been in the league a year, and I want to know when you're like welcome to the league or welcome to the pro ranks moment was because I have one for you, Tate. But how about you, Eric? When you like a realization like this is it. Like flipping X, something's just happened. Like I see it in NFL where someone gets a ball and they just get tackled by like an absolute monster and just wins them or whatever. Like what happened? Have you guys had that moment? It was just the first game against LAFC when you're just looking around and and there's a shit ton of people here and sorry, I'm not allowed. To That's fine. You can uh, swear where you want. Uh, Be yourself. Ton of people here and and for me it was like looking at a bunch of stars on the field and I'm like. Jesus, like this is we're here, and um, just the environment there for me. Well, you deserve to be there, though. That's the beauty of that situation. Absolutely, never be overawed by anybody on the same field as you. For sure, because they yeah. could, in theory, be looking at you the same way. They're probably but horrified you, of me. I want to know what yours is. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, no, I'm you, you know, you know. No, I can't even think about mine now because I'm curious. What you think okay, about well, it. well, 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 well. So, Tate, you've played a few positions this season, yeah. You're yeah. Slowly dropping back, soon to be a goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's fair enough. Because you know that happens, you can you've still got time to work your way back mm -hmm. up. But I remember earlier in the season you were playing striker quite a bit, oh me being God, a me being a defender. You know we had a few times where we'd be playing against each other. I think there was a little spell, probably like a one month, two month spell, where every time you got the ball, I made sure you knew that you were playing in a mm -hmm. man's game. Mm -hmm. I've got pictures of you falling over uh, as I came in and pushed you out of the way. You know, stuff like this. This stuff did happen, yeah? I think some of those reasons are why I'm moving back up. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not going to completely humiliate you here because, like, you did... Those things were happening, and I took pride in it because it was a lesson you needed to learn. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. what got you here isn't going to get you to the next stage. Mm -hmm, like, you have mm -hmm. to... For as strong as you may be, you yeah. need to have a level of yeah. intelligence to try and deal yeah. with it, yeah? It's a lot. A and, lot I would, and I would speak to you. I would speak to you after these things had happened. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point at the end of the season where I couldn't do it anymore. First, you were a bit stronger, but secondly, you knew how to avoid me. Uh -huh. So you learned on the job and you improved. And now you're someone who, like, I can't just go out and just get you anymore. It's uh -huh. annoying. Uh -huh. It's like there's a bounty on your head and I can't go and get it, mm -hmm. which is really, really annoying. Uh -huh. But yeah, that I made sure that you felt like there was a moment where, you know, you're playing with men now. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So that was my moment for yeah. you. But credit credit you, like I say, because you worked it, you worked it out uh -huh. Uh -huh. and you bought into it and you're far better player now because of it. So what, do you think you have on yourself? Yeah, now nah, after that? you saying that, I think it was like actually a month and a half ago, end of the year, we were going to the playoffs and we are doing training. And it was one of those Monday practices yeah. that I got to, you know, train with the first team. And uh, I remember there was actually a ball that like came in front and then it was just the goal and me and you mm -hmm. right in line. Mm -hmm. And then I fake like I shot it and then rolled yeah, the ball. Yeah, you came inside, yeah. And, and I then slid, you yeah. slid yeah. and then I finished it. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. I remember after, everyone was like, damn, that was Datum too, that slid. Yeah. He doesn't normally slide. He's yeah. always blocking shots. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Do you know what, do you want to tell you why that happened? Why? Because obviously I can't let you have that moment all to yourself. Uh -huh. was, so you were probably like 10 yards away at the time. Yes. So I went to block the shot and uh -huh. he was on your left foot, which is your strong foot. Uh -huh. And I thought, well, there's no way he's going to use his right foot because your right foot's trash. So I thought, let me just go big on the left. <laughs> so I went big on the left, uh -huh. and then you chopped inside, and lo and behold, you scored on the right. Uh -huh. So that was a lesson for me. So going into the future, just know for a fact, okay. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try and block anything. Uh -huh. I'm gonna tackle you instead. Yeah, literally, I'm just gonna get right in your face, see if you like it. <laughs> there you go. I love that. Right, you two, you ready to feel uncomfortable? Yes. Okay. So normally on the show we pick, um, <laughs> yeah, normally on the show we pick like fantasy five side teams, yeah, mm -hmm. which is usually a lot of fun. But as the two of you now can get a different type of energy, I'm going to make you feel awkward. This is like rookie hazing. Not that we condone hazing, but this is rookie something. So oh, let me make sure I've got it. So I have, um, I should have a coin in my pocket because something's going on here. Mm -hmm. Yes. I will let one of you decide heads or tails. It's between you two. Tails never fails. Tails never fails. Tossing the coin. Heads. So this is tails, yeah? Never fails. So as a consequence, you're going to be picking three lots of teams based on players that you've played with this year. Yeah? Three lots? Yeah, but like not full teams, like small teams, yeah? So you're picking three teams. Okay. But you've won the coin toss, so it's going to be alternate picks, and you can decide to go first or second off the coin toss. Would you like to go first or second? I'll go first. Okay. So you need, you're going to be picking a five-a-side team, a team for a possession game, where it's like 10 passes a goal amongst your team, yeah? And how many people is that? It's, we'll, we'll say six. Okay. And then you're going to pick five players for a penalty shootout, yeah? Okay. Right, so you can't pick anyone in this room, okay? okay? 
I wouldn't want to take it anyway. <laughs> okay, so you're in the world or the players I played. The with? players that you've played with this season. So you're talking about RS. We'll talk. We'll go RSL first, then we'll do the Monarch, uh, the Monarchs. Yeah. Okay. All right. Five aside. Five side team. You only get one pick at a time. Mm -hmm. Goal included. Uh, no, you've been okay. assigned goalkeepers. Okay. Um, five aside. First pick. Who'd you go for? Ooh, Justin Glad. Okay. Aaron Herrera. No, 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 I'll take Aaron. Okay, that's a solid, that's a solid pick. <laughs> Come on, don't be shy. Okay, but no, I gotta be smart with this. This is for five aside, yeah. I'm so, going to Albert Rusnak. Okay. I'm going B's. Okay. Ooh. That's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's, he's, he's got some winning about him. I'm going Sabarino. Okay. I'll take Bofo. Okay. Two more picks each. And I can't pick anyone else in this room, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. I'm retired. Yeah, you would have taken me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, ooh, I'm gonna take Everton. Ooh, yes, five aside. Everton Albert. Defensive. No, Albert's been taken. Yeah. Behave, Eric. So you've got Aaron, you've got Beasley, and you've got Bofo. And who's he got? He's got Justin, Albert, um, Severino, and Everton. Demir. Last pick. Can I add myself on that team? <laughs> Are you in this room? Yes. Um, okay. this, this is education. So you've got Justin, Albert, uh, Savarino, uh -huh. and Everton. Corey, I'm not that. No. Um, I'm going to put Corey. I'll take Brooks. Right. Okay. So those are, those are, two, those are good teams. So now, if you was to pick a uh, team for possession, uh -huh. yeah? So for anyone who doesn't know, like sometimes we'll mark out space maybe 20 yards by 20 yards or more, and the aim is to get uh, X amount of consecutive passes, yeah? So you tend to pick players who are good on the ball and also players who can go and press and win the ball back. But for you guys, um, Eric, I'll let, you I'll let you take the lead on this one. Who do you pick? How many players are we picking here? Uh, we'll go six this time. Uh, Saba. Okay. Everton. Okay. Got my mistakes pretty much. Demir. Is it is you you're gonna you do wanna pick the same teams yeah, and add I'll one? Alright, we'll pick your original teams, but you could, you just get to add one player to it. One. I'm gonna go There's an absolute no brain in here which you're both sleeping on. Kyle Bergman? <sighs> I'm taking him. Yeah, that's oh, the Kyle, that's the one. He'll that's, work, he'll keep the ball. That's the one. I'm giving a shout out to Andrew Putner. I'm putting him on the team, man. Your position. Yeah. Wow. Just like that, you've lost, but no worries. Let me tell you, inviting anyone here. If you can get an invite. The funny thing about Putner, which, um, so he's the second goalkeeper for uh, the Welcome first team. The, the funniest thing about him is whenever we do anything that's like related to just using your feet, whether he comes in and does the 5v2 or the rondos or whatever, he always comes in, he's got his gloves on, and I'm like, why have you got your gloves on? He's like, ah, okay, fine, yeah, get out. But anyway, so now... You have to pick five players for a penalty shootout. And this can be Monarchs included as well? Yes, this can be Monarchs included. Okay. One at a time? Yeah, go okay. ahead. Your first day. Douglas Martinez. Okay. Portillo. Portillo? Yeah. Really? Why yeah. is that? You think Is he nice? We, PKs? we took PKs today and confident. Okay. Confident at the spot. Go on. Um, Michael Chang. Okay. This is both teams. What's that? This, this is yeah, from... both teams, yeah. Aaron. Aaron Herrera. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's brave. Brave pick. Ooh. I'm going Kalen Redden. I'm going all Monarchs right now just because I know that we've been practicing them and this team would be elite. <laughs> Sam Brown. Ooh, that's a great pick. Yeah. Analytics. He's a bit of a sleeper pick, isn't he? Yeah. He's, th he's thought it through. Uh, David Ochoa. Oh, is he just, does he step up and just bang yes. it? Yes. So he's a goalkeeper in yeah. case anyone didn't mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Andrew Putner. Ooh, that's a good pick. And last round. Um, has Portillo been picked? Yeah, he's been picked first. First, Ooh. first overall pick in the draft. I'm trying to think who else could solve it. I'm gonna say Jack Blake. Put the cap on the line. Oh. He's putting that in. Hundred percent. Mm, pressure. Is Demir? Yeah, you can go Demir. Yeah, yeah. Demir's a good one. Okay, cool. Yeah, those aren't too. Those aren't too bad, to be fair. So you guys have played. Um, you've played the whole season now. You've travelled to a lot of games. Which roommates have you had whilst you've been away? Each other. Yeah. So it tends to be you. Yeah, each it's other, okay. most of the time always us. Okay, so I'll ask you then. Take best and worst thing about rooming with uh, Eric. Holt. 
Um, worst thing, I'll start with that, is coming home at 9.30 and the lights are already off and he's already <laughs> with his glasses on with the light on his phone dimmed so it's the infrared or whatever is not getting in his eyes. And, oh, good. Yeah, and then he's got meditation on. I'll say that's the worst thing. Best thing is just, honestly, the energy throughout the day. Yeah. Like, waking up, and he's just already, all right, let's go outside. We need to get some sunlight. Yeah. 22 minutes, feet in the grass, earthing, and then we got box jumps. <laughs> We're drinking water. We're It's just, it's game time by the second you wake up with him. I can fully believe that, and I want nothing to do with it. How about you, Eric? The worst take coming in at 9.30 at night. <laughs> after, we'll be honest. It's a little bit later. It's like 2.30 in the morning after, after our win. Mm-hmm. Um but the best thing is honestly like he said like we're we're getting after it yeah we're getting after it every every time we're together we're hitting box jumps on the bed we're outside like soccer tennis everything we're you can only imagine the the mobility it's we're doing way too much energy for me that <laughs> yeah. my back is hurting from just thinking about that room it's free yeah please yeah. never ever ever invite me to your room please all right so here's a, here's uh the final thing for you guys because you've been uh You've been mostly good, you know what I mean? You've been official at the start, and then you calmed down a little bit, and mm-hmm. you loosened up. But now I need you to try and figure out who these three people are, yeah? Yeah. So these are all first-team players. I'm going to give you some stats. You have to try and figure out who they are. I will answer questions with a yes or no for clues, yeah? Okay. But you have to try and figure out who they are. So this first player this season has played in 31 games, has had 31 shots, six yellow cards, Four assists and five goals. Who am I? It's Demir. Yeah, has to be. Is incorrect. You want to try again? I'll give you three lives. Six yellow cards. You guys say you can ask me. Ask me for clues, and I'll say yes or no. Are they red footed? Yes. (laughs) Well, there we go. That's ninety percent of the team available still. I would say Corey Baird. Is correct. Yes. 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 What made you think that? Um, be be brutally honest. I the think go- the goals. Because oh, they're kind of low. Yeah. Kind of low. That much. Oh, yeah. I was expecting more from him. Yeah. Sophomore slump. Uh-huh. But yeah, there we have it. So number two. This player played in 17 games. Three shots. Four yellow cards. One goal. Two assists. Oh, confusion, confusion. 17 games, so I feel like it's got to be someone coming off the bench or someone who doesn't start that much. Does it? Does it really? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Can I get the, the goal and assist stats again? Uh, one goal, two assists. Is he a frequent starter? Oh, dude, you know who this is? This is Donnie Toya. Donnie is that your guess? Yes, I, I know for a fact. Okay, let me put you down for an X there so it's not Donnie Toya. <sighs> is he a frequent starter? Um, oh, yeah, I thought it was you. No, I'd say half of those games have been starts. Three shots, four yellows, one goal, two assists. Mm-hmm. So they're efficient in front of goal. They're efficient. I think it's Bees. Bees is correct. Bees scored this year? Yeah. Yes, he did. You remember? That's. Do you know what? That's how did you? What what gave it away? Is it the starts? The one goal. Uh, but not the two assists though. I thought they might throw you off a little bit because nah. it doesn't tend to pass forward. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> but to be fair, now they do. Yeah, I was thinking seventeen coming in off the bench. You know, he got injured, so... Yeah, it's good thinking. Yeah. yeah wow. Behavior. And then, that. the final piece. I think you'll get this one. It's it. Well, actually... All right. So, this person played... I won't, I won't tell you how many games they played in, because that's kind of helping you out a bit too much. Okay. But they had 19 shots, seven yellow cards, four assists, no goals. How many, how many yellow cards? Seven. It's either Kyle or Everton. Listen, you gotta pick one or the other. Um, could it be like Aaron, maybe? Seven yellows. Aaron, no yeah. goals though, right? Yeah, Aaron has scored. No goals. Kyle didn't score. Yeah, no, did Everton. It's one of those three. Well, repeat those one more time then. Nineteen one. shots. Nineteen shots. Not, not Everton. Kyle four assists. Send it every once in a while. He <laughs> yeah, loves a shot four, far. four assists and seven yellow cards. I feel like Everton doesn't shoot that much. Kyle. No. Aaron. Is spot on, sensational. Aaron Herrera, that is. Uh, Do you know what you guys? You, you just pay attention this season. Yeah. You know what I mean. You can find the names and the numbers. I, I, I respect. All right, Nathan, I got a question for you. Well, make sure make it's a good serious. one. Make sure it's a good one. Or it's getting edited out. So let's say. So when did you turn professional? Seventeen. 
17, yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I made my debut at 17, but I turned professional at 18. Okay. If you, if, let's say things didn't work its way out, what were you going to do? So, like I hinted at before, I, um, I was all about education. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, literally wasn't allowed to do anything else. Yeah. So, my passions at the time, I was into statistics and accounting and all that type of stuff. So, I was drifting towards doing a degree in something like that. So I would have fallen into that field and found a job within that world. So that's where I would have been. It would have been something which existed there. Not one of those ones where people say, well, I put my heart and soul into it. Because I did, but I never dreamed of becoming a professional. I just happened to be quite good for my, well, happened to be very good for my age and most of the things that I did. Mm -hmm. And then it happened instead of, as I say, I wasn't, I could never think about it as being the only thing because it was never allowed to be the only thing. Yeah. Yeah, do you respect that? Mm -hmm. Is that a good answer for you? Decent. Yeah. You got anything else for me? Is that all you got? Well, now that, you know, you got, what do you got, another year? Are you going to play? Like it depends. One, it depends. Depends how tired years. I feel. Depends how tired I feel. Like, whilst, whilst I'm in a team full of younger players, it does energize me a little bit. Of course. But then also it makes me just want to go home, just like not do the things that you're doing. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So I've what's got, the what's the plan moving forward? Um, In terms of my career or just life in life. general? So I have three kids. Yeah. I don't have any plans to have a fourth. Um, so that's essentially going to be my life, raising three good human beings. As awesome. you guys will see when you get older, like it's great to have a child, but there's always that worry that your child's going to be the devil. And you try and overcome that. And, you know, I think for now, myself, my wife and I, like we're doing a good job. I think we've got the, we've got the foundations to have three good kids, yeah. If you ever need some babysitters, yeah. Tate and I. Listen, get your own kids first, yeah. <laughs> Get your own kids first before you sign up for such things. Free. But enough for you. I'm going to turn your mic off. You've been talking too much. <laughs> so I just want to say thanks, guys, for coming in. This is, as I say, the podcast before the um, the Western Conference finals on Saturday, November the 9th, kicking off at 1 p.m. Mountain Time. So if anyone is listening before that point, please try and take part, whether you're watching it online or watching it on TV or at the stadium. Please try and get involved. Support the boys. And, you know, I see them do well. I predict one of you two will score because awkwardly, I think one guy scored more than the other, hasn't he? Is it defender scored more than... How many you got? Are you on two, Tate? I have three. Oh, I'll take it back then. All right. I'll, 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 I'll two and assist. Yeah, okay. All right. The assist. I oh, know, but he's got assists as well. Okay. He likes okay. to pass when he sees the goal. So, yeah, please make sure... <laughs> <laughs> so, please, guys, make sure you, um, you try and be involved in that for them. It will be a good game. And, you know, these are two of the best teams in the Western Conference and, you know, four of the best teams in, in the nation for now. So... Thanks for coming in. I appreciate you being here. Obviously, my season's done, so I'm a bum. But it's good to see that you two are still doing something and enjoying it. I'd also like to thank um, Ryan in the back. I've been looking at you, and you've not really been watching the whole show, but that's fine. Whatever. I'm sure it'll get edited just great, and everything will be terrific. And you guys, do you, do you want to shout out your Instagrams? I know you will, Tate, because you're about the fo all about the followers. Nah, you're not going to do it? Nah, nah, do it. Do it. Go and do it. Where can you be found on, on, online? Just, uh, at Tate Schmidt right. on Twitter and Instagram. There you go. You can not find me on any social media device. Just yet? No. You're off the grid? I'm off the grid completely. Oh, you, you, you've Pretty done much. that, yeah. Okay. Cool. Why? It's not good for me. Okay, so okay. so just in case uh, anyone was thinking about following Eric, don't follow Eric. Just go find Tate. Tate will happily receive you because mm -hmm. he lives for it. So yeah, thanks. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, guys. Thanks to Mountain Air uh, Studios, Draper, Utah, because it's a terrific space. And you guys, I believe you're quite impressive with it, are you not? Yes. Unbelievable. Yeah. Very nice. It's, uh, you know, we are a professional outfit. We like to do things properly. Love that. And, and listeners, as I say, thank you. Thank you for being here, like always. Anyone that can be involved in the game, please make sure that you are. But please also reach out to Tate on social media. Reach out to RSL on social media. And please send all your voice memos to digitalrsl.com. And uh, until next time. Cheers. Stay safe. Yeah, my guys, we did it, guys.